Hi there, and welcome back to today's podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about seven things I have learned in the fitness industry over the last about 12 years or so. So I started kind of in about 2009, at least that was the first year I took post-secondary um, education, so college in terms of studying uh, fitness. So I'm going to talk to you about seven things I've learned from basically 2009, 2010, all the way to uh, this day today. So a little bit of background about myself. In 2009 was the first year I kind of took post-secondary education studying fitness and health promotion at Humber. In 2010, they basically kind of throw you in the fire right away. I was basically training clients in person in 2010 as part of my kind of like an in-person uh, internship, I guess you could say. And from there, once I graduated college, uh, 2011, I basically started working right away as a just a strictly one-on-one fitness trainer. So hopefully seven things I kind of talked to you about today will really kind of help you. And the more understanding, the more knowledge you have, uh, at least the seven things I'm going to talk to you about today, hopefully the better chance of success you have going forward. So point number one, here's one main thing I have learned. And the more you can simplify nutrition, the easier it is to execute. So I think a lot of people really try to confuse nutrition, and that's not necessarily your fault. There's just so much information out there. In reality, it doesn't have to be confusing at all. First off, I would definitely recommend checking out the podcast I did with Sean, my brother, on Simplify Nutrition, as he does a fantastic job of breaking things down. But to kind of make that podcast into a nutshell right here, you just got to simplify nutrition and execute it. So the better chance you can do that the better chance of success. So for example, number one thing I like to say, quantitative goals. So like, what are three things you can do that you know you can improve on right off the bat? And generally speaking, if you just do those three things, that's a great step number one. And what do I mean by quantitative goals? That can be something like um, I have three, I'm used to doing three times uh, you know, takeout per week, but I'm going to try to stick to two times now. I'm going to do two times per week. Or something like I have vegetables only once a day at every meal, but I have the vegetables every single day. Just kind of simple things like that. Or I need protein every single meal. Just quantitative goals, kind of yes or no. Just something like that is so simple. If you kind of set just three quantitative nutrition goals that you know you can do better at, generally goes a long way, at least in terms of step number one. If you want to take it to the next level, and this is not even that advanced, I actually recommend people doing this as well. Just get a rough number of calories of how many you should be having per day. If you want a good little formula, just get your body weight times 10, assuming your goal is fat loss, and that's how roughly how many calories you should have per day. So very simple calories. So if you weigh 150 pounds times 10, roughly going to be aiming for about 1,500 calories per day. And protein, a good bang for buck, one gram of protein per body weight. So again, if you weigh 150 pounds, try to get about 150 grams of protein. If you can't reach 150 grams, try to get 0.7 to 0.8 grams of protein uh, per pound. So those are very simple things you can do in terms of nutrition. Set quantitative goals, things you know you can be doing better, just three to four, three to three to five things, and try to go zero to 100, I'll kind of talk about later. So just kind of three to five things you know you can do better. Know how many calories roughly you're eating. So kind of track your calories, at least for the first few days, so you've got a simple concept of it. And the third one, just kind of focus on that protein. So you don't have to worry about macros. Like, again, that can be useful, but just to simplify it, protein, calories, and quantitative goals in terms of nutrition, at least to start. 
That's going to be to point number two. Point number two, the more you can simplify your workouts, the easier it is to execute them. So again, I think a lot of this kind of get caught up on fancy workouts or fancy hit workouts or whatever it is, right? Fancy exercises. But in reality, if you just kind of focus on good form, focus on your major compound lifts in terms of strength training, which I'll get to in one sec, and you work out three to five times per week, that's generally all you really need. You don't have to kill yourself six, seven times, just three to five good quality workouts per week with good form and with the right exercises, the appropriate exercises. So what I mean by major compound lifts. So I kind of talked about this in another podcast, but I kind of break it down into six foundational movements. So we got push, pull, squat, lunge, hinge, carry. Pretty straightforward, right? Hinge, think of like deadlifts, kettlebell swings, stuff like that. Lunges, you can think like four lunges, reverse lunges, suitcase lunges, uh, carry, like a suitcase carry, a goblet carry, a farmer's carry, push, you can think of push-ups, chest press, incline press, pull, you can think of rows, you can think of a lap pull-down to get chin-ups. I think I, I think I touched on all six there. If I miss one, I think you get the idea. Squat, of course, any sort of squat variation. So just focusing on those six kind of foundational movements, the major compound lifts that are going to hit major muscles and kind of uh, target a lot of joints is always going to be the best bang for your buck. And of course, you can kind of add on some um, isolation exercises, so like some arms or whatever, some hamstring curls, if you want to try to get the muscles popping a little bit more. But for the most part, good form. Those major compound lifts I just listed three to five times per week, move around a lot, and that's all you need, guys. So basically, I just told you how to simplify your nutrition and how to simplify your workouts. It's really that simple for steps number one and two. Number three, here's one thing I've learned as well, and not every workout is going to be a steady ascend, meaning just because we, let's say, for example, uh, chest press, 50 pounds for eight reps, one workout, the next time we get to it doesn't mean that we're going to get to 55 or eight or 50 for 10 reps. We're going to have ups and downs. It's kind of like fat loss, right? So like fat loss is never linear. We are going to be up one day, we're going to be down one day. It just kind of happens that way. It's the same thing in terms of your strength workouts, your even your cardio workouts, even your HIIT workouts. Not every single workout is going to be a progression from the previous workout. And just understand that because I get it is frustrating, like even for myself in terms of like a bench press, like, you know, you're climbing up, you're climbing up, you're climbing up. And obviously you kind of hit a plateau and you're like, what's going on? I'm stuck there. But if you just kind of keep on going, guys, and obviously you have to, you know, have some variation in your training to kind of get over that plateau, but we don't have to worry about that for today's podcast. But just keep in mind that it's not going to be at steady send every single workout as you are going to have hiccups uh, down the road. Just kind of keep that in mind if you kind of feel unmotivated or just kind of feel down yourself if you've kind of had a bad workout or two uh, within the week, within the month. Point number four, even if you aren't at 100%, showing up is always better than not showing up. So that's something I've definitely learned. And that kind of just talks about getting that routine down, right? So if we uh, don't have that routine down, we're constantly all over the place and we only really feel like working out and eating right uh, more in the mood for it, that's never gonna transition well. There's so many times where I don't feel like working out, especially leg day, or I don't feel like having um, you know proper nutrition. I wanna, I wanna cheat my diet a little bit, cheat my nutrition. But, um, you know, I always stick to it and kind of talk more of the gym in this example right here in terms of showing up. 
Yeah, I'm not saying, say for example, you're not feeling uh, your 100% greatest, you've had a long day of work, you're a little bit tired, you're a little bit sore. I'm not saying completely destroy yourself in the gym. Listen to your body, of course, but at the same time, just show up, guys. That's the best thing you do. Just show up, work out even at 75, 80% effort, get into that con uh, consistent routine, and kind of just building on the point I talked about previously in terms of not every workout is going to be steady ascend. Just kind of keep that in mind, right? So it's not going to be steady ascend. We're going to have ups and downs. Just show up every single time and just put in some work. It doesn't have to be 100%, like I said, but just do the best you can and try to follow that consistent routine the best you can as well. Point number five, this one I'm a little bit biased on, but I think it's really important, especially if you are doing any sort of strength training, any sort of weight training, and that's just understanding the basics on how the body moves. And I, I would highly recommend checking out the podcast I did with Dr. Brendan Gomes. I really just kind of broke down the basics in terms of human movement. Now, you don't have to be a anatomy major. You don't have to be you know, a human movement expert, but I do think the more you know about the body, the better chance you have in terms of injury prevention and in terms of just making those gains. So just something simple as what's called the joint by joint theory. So I'll just kind of break it down very quickly and you can basically use this for every single exercise you do, but the best one you can think about is a squat. The joint by joint theory just kind of, it's back and forth between stable and mobile joints. So our foot is stable, our ankle is mobile, our knee is stable, our hips are mobile. Lower back's uh, stable, thoracic side mobile. You kind of see that goes up and down the chain, right? We kind of alternate between mobile and stable joints. And like, what, what am I talking about, right? Why, why does that matter? Why do I need to know that? Well, just think, right? If you're doing a squat and you're kind of stiff somewhere, for example, we don't have the mobility in our ankles. We don't have the mobility in our hips. Well, guess what kind of happens, right? A joint that's supposed to be stable is going to have to take the brunt of the load. And that's what kind of breakdown can occur. Again, you don't need to be to you know to be an anatomy major. You don't need to um, excel at this stuff, but I do think you should kind of educate just at least a little bit. That way, you kind of understand how the body moves just a little bit. And even if you really want to take it to the next level, okay, you don't need to do this. But let's say if you're in a row and you're you know let's say you're pretty advanced right now. You know what muscles is that row working right? Like, don't you kind of want to know what's where your lat? or that mid-back that we kind of program efficiently and effectively. So once again, you don't need to know the insertion point of the glute medius or the lat. That's kind of advanced. Like that's what us, you know, trainers and whatever the rehab specialist has to worry about. But understand the basics of the body moves. Maybe you know a little bit of what muscles you're working for a particular exercise. And that just goes a long way in terms of staying injury-free and improving results at the same time. Point number six. Sleep sets up the foundation for success. So that's something I have definitely learned. Myself included and my clients included, I find when I don't sleep well or my clients don't sleep well for a particular session, um, we, just, we just don't want to do it, right? The motivation's down. The, the energy's down. We may not show up because we're tired. Um, our hunger hormones, our leptin and ghrelin hunger hormones go out of whack. We have higher cravings. And let just kind of less motivation all around, right? So thing is sleep as like the bottom of the iceberg. So of course the iceberg, we only see the top part, right? If you want to, maybe a bad example here, but Titanic, everyone just sees the top of the iceberg. But that iceberg grows a lot slower than what we're actually seeing, right? And sleep kind of the same thing. We might see the success of the individual on top, 
But generally speaking, I think sleep sets up the foundation for success. Because like I just talked about, if we're tired and we're not sleeping well, we're overcoming a pretty long battle in just in terms of our hormones. So like I kept talking about, we have hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin. They kind of go out of whack when our sleep is down. So we constantly feel hungry. We have more cravings. And like I said, we just don't want to, mo- we just want to work out. We don't have the motivation or we don't have the energy. So really try to prioritize sleep because I think that's so underrated. So people kind of sleep like five, six hours and think it's, you know, enough. I generally don't think it is. And I'm not here to judge, of course, if you have like a busy lifestyle, like a newborn and, you know, you do what you got to do. That's 100% fine. But um, just try to get as much sleep as you can because that is definitely going to set up the foundation for success going forward. So instead of kind of prioritizing maybe like a, a Netflix late night episode, that 45 minutes or an hour, try to prioritize that sleep over that episode. And point number seven, and this is just kind of a general rule of thumb, and I'll kind of break it down a little bit here, and that is more often than not, less drastic measures are usually better in terms of long-term success, in terms of more extreme measures, that is. So what do I mean by that? Remember I kind of talked about earlier in terms of like simplifying nutrition and simplifying your workout. So all you do is kind of work out three to five times per week. Um, all you need for nutrition is kind of send your calories, quantitative goals, and hit your protein. That kind of, fi- uh, kind of hits into it right here in terms of less drastic measures so i do think a challenge is okay so a challenge let's for example we want to lose like you know 12 pounds in 30 days we need a good kickstart some people need that that's great and i'm actually not against that at all and it really depends on the personality of that individual but you got to have a plan after those let's say 30 days or six weeks is done and i think that's a a big problem because a lot of times we don't have that plan we go zero to a hundred, right? So let's say for example, we drink three times a week. We have takeout three times a week. We work out twice a week. And in those six weeks, we cut out takeout. We cut out alcohol. Uh, we work out six times a week, high intensity workouts. That's all fantastic. But what is your plan after those 30 days or what is your plan after those 60 days? Because it's impossible to continue that zero to 100. Generally speaking, I shouldn't say impossible, but very difficult to sustain that for the long term. So there's two ways you can kind of do it. Option number one, you can have that kind of kickstart challenge for that 30 days to six weeks. But just make sure you add in some things you enjoy slowly after that challenge is done. Option number two, you can start by, like I talked about earlier, in terms of the quantitative goals, kind of starting by just focusing on those three main things. And then once you kind of see some progress, you build off it. So kind of like you uh, maybe want to do a new goal or you're going to work out maybe one more time per week now instead. Or you're going to have takeout one time a week instead of, instead of two times a week. Just kind of stuff like that, building on the quantitative goals and maybe just hitting your protein a little better. So again, two ways you can do it. But just make sure if you do go that zero to 100 for 30, 60 days or 30 to six weeks, I should say, that you have that plan after because you're going to have to add things back into your life, especially if you know you can't live without it. Because a big example is alcohol, right? So a lot of people like to give up drinking for the, for example, 30 days or six weeks. But you know you want that in your life, you know, a year down the road just slowly get back into it. Because we continue to try to go zero to 100, there's going to be a day you just kind of say, screw it. And you're just going to drinking. It's going to be a slippery slope. So really just try to add those small things back into your life and obviously try to find that healthy uh, lifestyle at the same time. Just all about kind of find that happy medium that suits your lifestyle. 
So that kind of wraps up the seven things I learned over the last 12 years or so for myself in the fitness industry. And I'll do a quick recap one more time. And number one, the more you can simplify nutrition, the easier it is to execute. So again, to set those quantitative goals, three to five things that you know you can do better. Uh, have a rough idea how many calories you're taking in. So body weight times 10 roughly, if your goal is fat loss. Uh, hit your protein, about 0.8 to 1 grams of protein per body weight. And it's that simple. Point number two, simplify your workouts. Uh, the more you can simplify your workouts, the easier it is to execute. So good form, those major compound lifts I talked about earlier, and three to five workouts per week. That's it, guys. Quality for quantity. Bring the intensity, of course, the best you can every single time uh, within those limits. Point number three, not every workout is going to be a steady ascent. Just kind of keep that in mind, right? So if you're kind of feeling down about a workout, just keep that in mind. It's never going to be that linear um, path to success. There's always going to be up uh, peaks and valleys. It's kind of like the fat loss in terms of scale. So keep that in mind. If you're having a bad workout, keep your head high. Come back tomorrow and crush it. Point number four, even if you aren't at 100%, showing up is always better than not showing up. So again, find that routine. Even if you don't feel like it, just kind of keep getting those scar wounds, right? If you don't feel like it, show up. Eventually, that kind of builds that discipline. It builds that mental toughness, and it's become second nature for you. Not every workout's going to be great, kind of like I talked about number three, or just previous right here. So just kind of keep that in mind. And if you aren't at 100%, work out within your limits and just do the best you can. Point number five, understand the basics on how the body moves. So again, don't need to be an anatomy major. Don't need to be a human movement expert. But just try to understand the joint-by-joint joint theory a little bit. I would highly recommend Googling that or just listen to the podcast uh, in which I had with Dr. Gomes a few um, a few sessions back. And just try to understand that a little bit. And again, the more you know about the joint-by-joint the joint theory or what muscles you're working during a particular exercise, the better chance you have in terms of injury prevention and just kind of reaching your goals in the process. Uh, number six, sleep sets up the foundation for success. So again, the more sleep you have, generally speaking, the better chance you're going to have for success. Because if we don't get that proper sleep, we're really trying to battle. It's going to be it's just it's really going to be an uphill battle uh, from there. And point number seven, in which I just talked about, more often than not, less drastic measures usually uh, have a better chance of long-term success versus extreme measures. So again, if you have that zero 100 for 36 weeks, fine. Just make sure you add those, um, you know, those things back into your lifestyle once that challenge is done, because it's gonna be super hard to sustain that lifestyle for, you know, months on the road, years on the road, especially if you know um, that you have things in life that you want and you're just trying to completely eliminate them. Just kind of keep that in mind. So that's it for today's podcast, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you have any questions at all, like always, you know where to find me our biker one on Instagram or rich fit training on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have yourself, you have yourself a great day.